What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Well, welcome everyone to today's podcast. Uh, you know, we're, we're encouraged by those who listen each day. We, you know, we just continue to get great feedback uh, that these 10 minutes or so each day makes a difference in your life. Um, I, I'm Ray Moss. I'm one of the pastors at New Vision. You know, today we're going to continue reading in Hebrews uh, with the theme that Jesus is greater than. And we're reading today from Hebrews chapter 9, uh, just 1 through 5 today. And I'm going to read from the NIV. And these five verses really set up another greater than by, by looking at the original tabernacle. So let's, let's just read the passage. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant. Now this Ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the Covenant. Above the Ark were the cherubim of the glory of overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now. You know, one of the one of the first things God did in the new nation of Israel was, was to really give them instructions for constructing the tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle as a symbol of God's presence in their midst and a place where they met with God to worship and make sacrifices to Him. The word tabernacle in Hebrew means residence or dwelling place. Uh, you'll see how this word itself has incredible meaning as we, as we continue on in Hebrews. But I am reminded of Ephesians 2.22. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And we're going to talk about that again at the very end. And if allocation to the Scripture, to a subject, shows any importance, we find God's instructions to Moses in the book of Exodus. It really starts in chapter 25 and goes through 31. Yeah, that's seven chapters with great detail about building of the tabernacle. So, so this is really no small matter for our Creator as He as He gave these instructions to Moses. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best not to get into the rest of this chapter, as tempting as that is. So for now we just need a reminder of how important the tabernacle and later the temple was for God and for centuries. How this very very special place was at the center of their faith, and that's a good reminder. Uh, good to remember that as we read Hebrews. The writer really is chapter after chapter making a case so much of their previous understanding of God was just a forerunner for his ultimate glory and atonement for their sin. You know, most of us don't like change. We tend to push back on change because we we always misinterpret the new with the old as being bad or wrong. Well, that's rarely the case, and it's certainly not the case here. The tabernacle and the temple was exactly what God wanted for his children— but something better was coming. The tabernacle, the tabernacle was God's initiative for such a time as it was. The tabernacle was also known as the tent of meetings or the tent of congregation. Literally, it was a tent that was packed up and moved as the people moved. The tabernacle dwelled with the people in the beginning and stayed with the Israelites while conquering Canaan. 
after 440 years, the temple built by Solomon in Jerusalem superseded it as the dwelling place of God. You know, uh, some people ask, and I've asked this, why did God initiate the tabernacle and temple when, when it ultimately would not do what Christ would accomplish? Or what, it would not do what Christ will accomplish. We can only speculate because we're dealing with things far beyond our understanding. But, but it could be, and maybe this is just my thinking, but it could be that due to their time in Egypt and their ability to understand the things of God, they needed these symbolic articles, a place they could see and behold. Again, that's, that's really only speculation. But we do know that the temple was only a copy or forerunner of the coming Christ. We don't have to work hard at our empathy to understand how radical this change was for them. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, these truths can be understood for them and really for us. You know, the very first verse is loaded with words that the author will later on in this chapter begin to show how Jesus is greater than. Now, even the first, even even the word, the first covenant, he did not say the covenant, but the first because this new covenant will be greater. The first covenant had regulations for worship, so the new one will be different as well. Not only unique in its regulations, but it was an earthly place of holiness. Later you'll see why the author would use these words as this new place of holiness is not a place made by hands of men, but will indwell the believer as the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, back to the tabernacle. You know, it, had, it was divided in two rooms. The holy place was the first room or entering the tabernacle. This room contained the table, the lampstand, and the altar of incense. Now, if you study closely, uh, for you Bible scholars, you'll notice that the writer puts the altar of incense in the Holy of Holies. The only thing we can reason that over time and practice that the incense altar was moved to the Holy of Holies. But, but let's don't get sidetracked with this because the point is that something new, which is Jesus, is going to do what the tabernacle could not do. That's the point being made here. The table for the bread of presence or the showbread also had utensils for drink and incense offerings. The bread reminded the people that God was present with them, that he gave them the necessities of life. So when Jesus says later on, I'm the bread of life, for the Hebrew, this would have meant uh, far more than just a loaf of bread. The lampstand was also in the first room that only the priest was permitted to enter. The lampstand reminded the people that, that the way to God was always lighted Jesus said he was the light of the world. All those who come to him leave darkness and enter the light. The second room was called the Holy of Holies. It contained the Ark of the Covenant, the golden urn of manna, Aaron's staff that budded the tablets of the covenant. Again, this writer puts the altar of incense in the Holy of Holies. Smoke from the burning incense represented the eternal presence of God with his people. The Ark was considered the throne of God. Once a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would enter the most holy place and he'd make atonement for the sins of people. And this hits this this is the story that us kids, you know, we always remember this. If you don't remember anything about the about the uh, tabernacle, it's a story most of us don't forget. That's when where they tie the rope to the priest, uh, the great the high priest for him to go in in case something happens to him. God kills him. He does something wrong, God kills him. Well, at least we can pull him out. And so I don't know why, but that's the story we kids will always remember. Well, we could spend days talking about the tabernacle and its meaning. The tabernacle was what God gave his people for their day, to understand him, to worship and honor him, and yes, to fear him, but also to understand the need for salvation that only God can provide. 
you know, it's God's grace then, and it's and it is today that uh, we can find salvation in none other but Christ Jesus. The items and the order of their worship only help us to better understand a God who had a clear purpose in rescuing His children from their sin. Uh, you know, there's a lot that separates our faith and uh, from others. This passage and following chapter outlines something that even today is hard to grasp, and that is our Savior, who is the exact representation of our Creator God, can dwell in us. You know, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in our midst? James 4.5, Or do you think uh, Scripture says without reason that He is jealously longs for the Spirit He has caused to dwell in us? And then Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in a body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, I never never realized the significance of that first tabernacle. It was, it, it was designed to pick up and travel with God's people. God dwelled among his people. Knowing that God has chosen to live in us through his spirit makes us his dwelling place it changes everything. I'm thankful this morning that God reminded me again that I have full access to His sweet, loving, and kind Spirit. And by listening and yielding to Him, I bring Him glory. Father, today, let, let us be gentle reminder in every conversation, every circumstances today. Your Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers. Today, you be the Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for listening today. You don't want to miss the coming days as we look closer to this new tabernacle. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.